from St. John's Gospel, chapter 4, starting at verse 43. After the two days, he left for Galilee. Now Jesus himself had pointed out that a prophet has no honor in his own country. When he arrived in Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him. They had seen all he had done in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, for they also had been there. Once more he visited Cana in Galilee, where he had turned the water into wine. And there was a certain royal official whose son lay sick in Capernaum. When this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son, who was close to death. Unless you people see miraculous signs and wonders, Jesus told him, You will never believe. The royal official said, Sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus replied, You may go. Your son will live. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. While he was still on the way, his servants met him with the news that his boy was living. When he inquired as to the time when his son got better, They said, the fever left him yesterday at the seventh hour. Then the father realized that this was the exact time at which Jesus had said to him, your son will live. So he and all his household believed. This was the second miraculous sign that Jesus performed, having come from Judea to Galilee. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Lord, we pray that you will open our ears and our hearts to what you are saying to each one of us this morning. Lord, reveal your truths to us, we pray. Amen. When I was thinking about this uh, passage, um, I thought, in a way, it's good just to look back and see the order that John has put things in, in his gospel. And the miracles that have happened. And John, in chapter 2, records Jesus' first miracle of changing water into wine which again happened in Cana of Galilee. And at the end of that short section, it says in verse 11, this, the first of his miraculous signs, Jesus performed in Cana in Galilee. He thus revealed his glory and his disciples put their faith in him. So that's the beginning, and the disciples put their faith in him. And then in chapter 3, we read how Jesus taught the Pharisee Nicodemus and told him about the truth and who he was. And that story finishes with, whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that he it that he has done 
that what, sorry, I'll start again. Seen plainly that what he has done has been done through God. Putting the focus back to his father. And then in chapter four, and we spent two weeks on um, Jesus talking to the Samaritan woman. But I love the way that story finishes. Because when many Samaritans came to believe, they said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you've said. We now have heard for ourselves and we know this man really is the saviour of the world. Again, the focus is back to what Jesus was sent to earth to be our saviour. So then we come to this that Sylvia read to us this morning. And Jesus had said he would stay in uh, with the Samaritans just for a couple of days. And then he goes back to Galilee. And what's that phrase that comes next? Jesus himself had pointed out that a prophet has no honor in his own country. Jesus had been brought up in that area. They knew him. They knew the family. They knew him as a carpenter. How do we feel when somebody that we've known from a long time ago suddenly starts preaching the word? Sometimes, if we're truly honest, it takes us a little while to focus back that they are speaking about Jesus, doesn't it? It takes us a little while. We know them. We're very familiar with them. But Jesus had come back to speak to his own people, the Jews. Does it remind you of when Jesus went to the synagogue and preached to the people from that passage from Isaiah that we can read in Luke's gospel. When Jesus again says to them, I tell you the truth, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. And he teaches them from the story of Elijah and the people turn against him. Jesus knew he would not be accepted amongst his own people. But we read when he arrived in Galilee, they were overjoyed to see him and welcomed him. Why? Because they had seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the Passover feast. For they had been there. What had he done in Jerusalem at the Passover feast? But well, we only have to turn back a couple of chapters. And we read that he had cleansed the temple. 
We know that story really well, don't we? But do we really know what comes in a few verses after that? I think it's something that we sort of gloss over. Because it says in verse 23 of chapter 2, while he was in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, many people saw the miraculous signs he was doing and believed in his name. But Jesus would not entrust himself to them, for he knew all men. He did not need man's testimony about man, for he knew what was in man. But I think the Message Bible puts it more easily for us to understand. It says, he knew them inside out. He knew how untrustworthy they were. He didn't need any help in seeing right through them. These are the people who welcomed Jesus wholeheartedly when he came back to Galilee. But Jesus knew them inside out. So Jesus had the crowd of people who had welcomed him and had been in Jerusalem with him, watching him do these miraculous signs. And I wonder, had they come to think of him just as a miracle worker? They had failed to see that those miracles pointed to his father. And who Jesus really was, that he had come as the Messiah and the Saviour of the world. But also, amongst this crowd, came along this royal official. Sounds rather grand, doesn't it? He was a royal official. And he came from possibly Herod's palace. He was a well-known person, but who also aligned himself with the Romans and the authorities. So in Galilee, he wouldn't have been particularly welcomed and liked. But he came, and why did he come? He came because his son was near death. He came, he'd heard about Jesus. And so he came in desperation. But what do you feel when you read after he begged Jesus to come and heal his son who was close to death? Jesus replied and said, unless you people see miraculous signs and wonders, you will never believe. Do you feel that's sort of quite a rebuke? But I've been thinking about this quite a bit this week. Is it his way of testing 
this official? Is he right to come to Jesus? But Jesus was also reminding the people there of how they were viewing him. They were looking at the signs and the miracles. But were they looking further than that and recognizing Jesus for who he was? Jesus stood amongst them. As you know, I'm a great one for daydreaming. And I often wonder, if Jesus came amongst us and performed miracles, we'd go, wow, wouldn't we? As he does still perform miracles today through other people, through our prayers. But do we take it that next step and fully trust him for everything that he does It's a wonderful step, isn't it, from moving, from hearing about Jesus to knowing him as a Lord and Savior. When we truly know that he's living in us and we are secure in his love, no matter what this life throws at us, we have that security that he is with us. But what about this royal official on the other hand? Jesus had spoken and then the royal official wouldn't let it go. He said, sir, come down before my son dies. You have to remember that from Canaan to Capernaum was a good 16 plus miles. So it wasn't just down the road, come and see my son. And Jesus just says to the official, you may go. Just go. And your son will live. And the official goes. He trusts Jesus wholeheartedly at that point, I feel. It doesn't actually say that in our Bibles. But why did he go? Was there something about the way Jesus told him, just go, your son will live. And he went. He didn't see the miracle. But on the way home, his servants met him and told him, your son is well. The official wanted to know exactly what time that change had taken place. Taken place at the time Jesus had said, your son will live. And that gave him perhaps extra reassurance. Yes, Jesus is the saviour of the world. And then we read, that he and all his household believed. 
It was a miracle done at a distance. But what a result. He didn't see the miracle before he realized it had come to pass. And so we have a real contrast here between the two groups of people. We've got the Galileans who were still focused on signs and wonders. The official asked, he went and it had happened. It's wonderful when we can have that real assurance that God is with us wherever. And it, in a way, turns it around. Because then we see the miracles around about us, day by day. Have you ever stopped and thought, seriously, about how wonderfully we are made? Every bit in our body, God put there for a purpose. I have to admit, I was just watching the rain yesterday. And I thought back to my old science lessons. H2O. And God put two molecules of hydrogen with one of oxygen and made water. Isn't our creation wonderful? We put our faith in our Lord and Saviour. Then we can see his miracles all around us. Amen.